Hey, what's up, Beyond the Cubicle family? This is Brian Montgomery. Eric Kelly. It's a quick note. Um, we're going to be on hiatus next week for the Thanksgiving break. Good time for all of us to get, gain some extra pounds. Oh, I'm eating up some stuff, homie. <laughs> right. <laughs> we will be back Thursday, December 6th. So from your two Beyond the Cubicle host, <laughs> enjoy your vacation and spend the time with your families. <laughs> Social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, at This Is BTC. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts or an Apple device, go ahead, rate and review us. Check us out. Check us out on YouTube as well. Mm-hmm. Put out the episodes every week there. Spread the word. You know, talk to a friend, family, coworker, anybody you know that, that might benefit from the information and things that we discuss, please share. Mm-hmm. All right. So lessons learned, man. Um, you know, <laughs> this, this is a little bit of background. Mm-hmm. I myself have been in my chosen career for 14 years. Awesome. Yep. You have 30 plus years of experience mm-hmm. in human resources, training, mm-hmm. and uh, just organizational uh, coaching mm-hmm. and things like that. So, you know, between the two of us, that's, you know, 40, 44 to 45 plus years of just learning things the easy way and the hard way. You know, Ziegler said, Zig Ziegler, that was my boy, may he rest in peace. He said, uh, wisdom comes from experience, most of it bad. Most of it bad. That's true. <laughs> that's true. Stuff you say, I ain't never going to do that again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the human disease of not learning anything when thing when good things happen to you. Yeah, you know it's crazy. Yeah. It's crazy yeah. how that works with us, though. Yeah. You know, but what we wanted to do today was just kind of talk about lessons learned, like some of the specific lessons learned around a couple of different topics mm. um, throughout our careers. And it, it it's what you'll find out is that everybody's journey is different, mm. but very similar. Very similar. There's some lessons you're going to learn in the same areas. Yeah. But because we're wired differently, we may learn them differently. Oh, and, it's, it's and, and at different times. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to kick it off to you. Okay. So, like, what what's what's some lessons learned? Let's go all the way back to the beginning. Mm-hmm. What's some lessons or a lesson that you learned from your parents about work? Mm-hmm. Um, it is not going to be fair. <laughs> So get over yourself and stop whining mm. and being a little wuss. Yeah. It's not going to be fair. Yeah. And if you're expecting fairness, get over yourself because it's not going to happen. Yeah. And the people that run into the problems with that, if mom and daddy have fought with you all through school, fought for you, gone on and beat up your teachers and your principal and the people trying to help you, mm-hmm. and they've always been in your corner allowing you to do your selfish thing. Right. When you get to the workplace, it ain't fair. Right. <laughs> That, yeah. We could do a whole show on that. We could. It's, we it's, might. Yeah. It's not fair. Oh, and by the way, I still need to eat and, yeah. and, and make money. That's absolutely and, right. Absolutely. So that's the first one I got from them was life isn't fair. Yeah. My parents, man, um, one of the things they taught me about work was work ethic mm. and respect. 
And the thing that I learned from from both my parents about work ethic, man, because both my parents worked very hard just to, you know, provide opportunities for us, mm-hmm. just to make sure we didn't fall into any, any uh, certain patterns and mm-hmm. things like that, right? But what I learned about work ethic from them was work ethic, work ethic has nothing, has little to do with how hard you work in the things that you desire to do. Mm-hmm. It's about how hard you work in the things that you don't want to do either. Ooh. Right. And Ooh. <laughs> if you don't like something, yeah. And you need to do it, that's 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 work ethic. I mean, and you know, like I, I teach my kids the same thing, you know, and they they roll their eyes when they hear me say it. But it's like you might roll your eyes now, but you'll get it one day. Yeah. Because the things that you really don't want to do, but they have an impact on the things that you want to do. How hard do you work at those things, you know? Because that's where your work ethic, to me, really lies. And that's what my parents taught. What coach was it that said um, the will to win is nothing compared to the will to prepare to win? Yep. You know, basically, what what kind of work are you putting in behind the scenes? Exactly. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. You know what I'm saying? That's a thing. That's it. I, I watch, like, my dad, man. Um, this guy's 77, 76, 77, and still kind of works part-time, uh-huh. you know, and he's a craftsman. He's a welder, you know what I'm saying? Super, super creative dude, uh, hardworking, and I watched him get up every single every morning, 4.30 in the morning, go to work. He would fix breakfast before he left the house, yeah, mercy. go to work, come home every day. He'd walk in. Depending on what day of the week it was, he's walking in, grabbing him a quick snack and a drink, and he's either cutting grass, he's over here helping somebody fix it. You know what I mean? And all of that was because he had a desire to make sure that his family was taken care of. He brought it every day. Every day. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that's what I saw growing up. And so, especially and just me watching him, that's what I learned about work ethic. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, that that's and and work ethic. I like what you said. It's about doing what I don't want to do. Right. Yeah. And there's gonna be a lot of that at work. So, ton of it. <laughs> <laughs> so ton of it. Uh, yeah. I, I say now, I walk in and work. I don't feel like looking at journal entries. Oh man. I've been looking at journal entries for 14. I don't feel like it. Yeah. But let somebody put a project on my desk where it's like, oh, we need you to fix the spreadsheet. I light up, but. In order for my entire job to be complete, I have to do yeah, these mundane little, things. Absolutely. I hate meetings, but you still got to go. Well, yeah, that too. <laughs> Shout out to our parents, man. Oh, man. Much <laughs> love. Yeah. Much love. There were so many things that were there. I mean, I, I think I got the spirituality thing from my, parent, my parents. Same, man. Yeah. They yeah. said there's only two kind of people in the world, people that are controlled by the evil or people that are controlled by Christ and good. Mm. So you don't know who's who's who. Nope. So you better be prayed up, slayed up, read up, because you walk into work and it might be a demon from hell sitting at your desk telling me hello. <laughs> right, smiling in your face. <laughs> <laughs> what, what was your first job, period? Uh, my first job, period, I was 13, mm-hmm. and my dad said I could not go play basketball every summer and not work. So at 13, I went with Brother Cantrell. He had a... Uh, he had a janitorial business. Mm-hmm. And I ran buffers and mop floors Every summer from 13 on. Good mercy. Now, I thought that was a bit mean, but, you know, we had these little camp meetings that we'd all go to, you know, like 
complications. Mm-hmm. And so I would get out my catalog because now I had some jack. Mm-hmm. I would go order my cool shirt. We had Nehru's, man. Don't even laugh, dog. Don't even laugh. We had double-breasted <laughs> Nehru's made, made out of some material that's oh, not even God. from this planet. See, but, dude, I, he was trying to teach me, son, you're going to be working the rest of your life. Yeah. So it was like that was my first job, and it was done on purpose by my pop. You know, and another conversation that we we could probably have is, is when you really sit and think about the life cycle of a, being a human being, mm-hmm. it's all work. Oh, absolutely. It's all work. Absolutely. Well, you know, now you know that came from the Bible. Yeah. When, yeah. God, when God created Adam and Eve, yeah. he said, yo, homie, your job is to take care of this garden. Yeah. To dress it and keep it. Yeah. Now, of course, if, you, if you're smart which Adam was, like, brilliant, you're going to find processes and mm-hmm. ways to make it work. But he said, that's your job. Yeah. He never did say chill. Our entire life is work. Yeah. He, he never did say, even, and I'm, this will scare you a little bit, man, it got mm-hmm. me. Mm-hmm. I like to read in Revelation sometimes, the stuff I can understand. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it says in Revelation that we're going to plant crops. In heaven. In the new earth. The, new the earth. Earth, earth. New earth. Interesting. I'm like. Still working. <laughs> So if you're lazy and hate work, you're not going to like life. So I guess that's that's a justification for people to listen to the Beyond the Cubicle podcast. Anyway. Yeah. So my first job was, I think I was 15. Mm. Um, and I worked as a janitor at a daycare center. Shut up. Cleaning up little boys. Oh, yeah. I know, know what I. you cleaned up at the daycare center. Listen, the boys' bathroom I can't even think. It's one of the nastiest I places. I can't even think about it. Every, oh, my God. You're talking about preschool. Yes. Oh, Lord. This is like a daycare center. No, Lord. Pre-K. Yes. <laughs> no. Yes. No. It was nasty. Okay. You had to mop it, sweep up all that foolishness? Before I had to... Look, man, I used to put bleach down in the bathroom, <laughs> close the door, and just walk away for an hour. Go back in with a mask on because you know you know what bleach it does to yeah. male just urine period yeah yeah, yeah right yeah. okay that that tells you what my job was anyway <laughs> <laughs> you had the coolness. you was trying not to catch the coolness. pretty much <laughs> but the lesson one of the lessons that I took away from that job had nothing to do with the task itself mm-hmm. that was my first experience with a challenging manager oh. And if you remember your 15-year-old self or 16-year-old self, Mm. authority and all of that and emotions Mm. and logic. At 15? You know what I'm saying? No. No, Not at all. You have no coping skills. Right. And and, and my thing wasn't as much that I bucked against authority. Mm. It's just I was already understanding how, how sensitive I was, mm-hmm. right? I'm a sensitive perma cancer. I'm a sensitive mm-hmm. person, right? Mm-hmm. And so if you say something to me in a certain way, oh, there's a fuse. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, come at me, you know, with, with some respect and this and other. But I, I learned in the, in that way that, I mean, that first role is that managers have pressures just like you do. Mm-hmm. And the dynamic of being a 15-year-old being managed by somebody in their 40s and that things like that, they have way more life pressures that they're bringing to work than I do. Oh, man. You know, I'm an easy target. You know? 
But Dude, yeah, we and you were you were you were cleaning up. Yeah, yeah. All I was doing was cleaning up. I work, I work for two hours a day. Maybe two and a half, depending on if I had to wax the floors or not. I work with this old dude. Mm-hmm. Same job, same same uh, uh, janitorial job. Yes. He said, boy, you ain't no man. I'm 13. <laughs> of course, of course not. I'm not a man. <laughs> he said, you ain't no man unless you do this or smoke cigarettes. So doing this was not an option. I even had an idea about it. Right, right. So I went and got me a pack of camels, man. No oh, filter. I went behind the store, lit one of the bad boys up. I got so sick, and I came home. This is how cool my pop is, man. I came home. <laughs> my pop looked at me. I'm like, ready to throw up and just hit the bed face down. He said, so you tried to smoke today, huh? <laughs> Dude, my pop is mad cool. Uh, he said, try to smoke today, huh? Okay. He just like, I was sick. I think he realized I was not going to be a smoker. Uh, no. Not after camels, no filters. No. Nah. 13 years old. Yeah, unfiltered cigarettes, period, is just disgusting. It's just, it's just yeah, so... Man, but yeah, but you know, le- lessons learned from our first job experiences. Yeah. Um, I that's when I began to learn how to manage the relationship with uh, a manager, boss. yeah, yeah, yeah. Or the boss. That's a, that's a, that's a thing. Mm-hmm. So, what was your first career role? Uh, first career role, I was a substitute kindergarten teacher. Let me back up though. Yeah. What's your degree in? Uh, psychology education. Really? Yeah. I don't think I knew that. Yeah, I was, uh, those, those were my majors. I wanted to understand people. Mm-hmm. My dad, everybody in our group taught. My mom taught school. Mm-hmm. My sister taught for a while. She went into accounting and auditing. Yeah, okay. Uh, my Complete dad, 180. My dad taught, so we, we had a house full of teachers. Yeah, so, okay. So so what what's something you learned there? Um, I learned that teachers don't make enough money. <laughs> I went into corporate education. Clear. <laughs> I said, I want to eat. I love teaching. And I guess I've been doing it for 30 years now. Yeah. But I love, I love people. Yeah. Uh, I wasn't, I wasn't worth much starting off because I didn't take anything seriously. Mm. Uh, I was way, let's have some fun. I was not serious about anything. So you say you learned how to take your job seriously. I did. And it, it, I was 30 when the light came on. Really? Yeah, because I was full of crap, man. I could talk to yeah, him. 28, you know, yeah. You know, oh, oh yeah. And they oh, he's funny. He's nice, whatever. Yeah. I was so full of stuff, man. <laughs> I'm just, if you gave me an enema, you could bury me in a shoebox. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, I was full of it. And then, and then you know, this is where I, I give God credit. Mm-hmm. Over time, God let me have experiences where that crazy, ruthless days, yeah. I now get to share with other people coming up when I see it. It's perfect. Yeah. It's perfect, man. I know how that turns out. I know I'm not mad at you, but look, dude. Mm-hmm. If you don't get serious, all these people, they're passing you by and you will not be taken seriously. I remember, let me see. My first career role mm-hmm. was for mortgage company in Atlanta. Mm. Um, it took me a while to get there. So I would even say I would couple the lesson that I learned um, with my first career role. So here's the lesson. The lesson is when I learned what the game was. Mm-hmm. Okay. Ooh. And But I started learning it before I even got the role. So, graduated from college in uh, 2003, mm. okay? Uh, I didn't get my first career role until 2005, all right? Gotcha. So, yeah, 2005-ish. So, what ended up happening was I'm, 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 I'm in Alabama at the time mm-hmm. looking for these jobs in my career, find nothing. Everybody kept saying, well, you don't have any experience. And I'm like, in my mind, I'm like, how am I supposed to have experience and I've never... 
I'm right out of school, fool. Of yeah. Course I have an experience. You know, but part of the game back then was when well, you don't have any internships. Why didn't you have any internships? Because I was a working student. Mm-hmm. My parents weren't sending me money every semester. You know I what I'm saying? Had to pay for things. I had to pay for things. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, unfortunately, that would have been a good look for you. So in my mind, I'm like, what is happening here? Mm-hmm. Like, this the system doesn't make sense to me. So when I interviewed for my interview and eventually got my first role, it was a uh, uh, African American lady manager mm-hmm. from, and what we connected on in the interview was. Um, we were both from the Delta, Mississippi Delta. Okay. She was from Greenwood. I was from Greenville. Forty minutes down the road. I've been. Okay. Which one is the smaller one? Greenwood. Greenwood. I've been to Greenwood. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's, it's, it's kind of in the middle. It's yeah. small. Yeah, it's small. Yeah. Okay. It's small. And so it was funny. Sean Davis. Shout out to Sean. That's 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 forever. The the mm-hmm. the person who gave me my first opportunity. Alrighty. Taught me a ton. A ton. A ton. All righty, thank you, Sean. Yeah. Um, you know, she was, you know, we connected on that, and she just gave me a chance. And in my mind, I always thought, like, man, I needed a chance. But the minute I got that chance, <coughs> excuse me, I immediately started to just think about, like, yo, it took me two years to get here. And now I'm here. I'm learning a lot from from my manager. I'm also just peeping the landscape. I'm learning how to build mm-hmm. these relationships, right? <laughs> and I was just like, oh, this is the game. This is the game. Dude, straight up game. Yeah. I learned that it was the game, and I learned that it had nothing to do with um, how hard I worked. Oh, no. Or how hard I was going to work. No, 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 no. So that was the lesson I learned from my first role, man. Uh, slaves worked hard. <laughs> but nobody goes, ooh, let's ask them about their success. Hey, story. man, that is <laughs> so... wow. That is very yeah. accurate. Yeah. Very accurate. Yeah, you can work hard. Very accurate. And people get mad sometimes. They say, well, it's not what you do, it's who you know. And I say, uh, yes. Absolutely. That's the exposure part. Yes. Yeah. They got to know you, and they got to kind of like you a little bit. They do. I learned, I learned that, too. Right. All, all of that stuff I learned, I learned in my first role. Learned how, how to present myself to the point where you, you would appreciate and like me. Let me ask you something. Mm-hmm. Now... I used to think I was big till I stood next to you. <laughs> How did you manage? Because I'm going to tell you, in this world, mm-hmm. uh, somebody like you walks in, mm-hmm. and if I'm more diminutive, yep. I'm trying to be eloquent now. It's mm-hmm. a big I'm, word. Well, yeah, <laughs> I don't know how many syllables that is, but if if I'm a bit more diminutive, based on your what you project, I can either accept you or be fearful of you. Right. How do you manage? How did you learn to manage that? That's a great lesson I learned. I don't, I don't know if I learned that one the hard way, but I definitely noticed um, I have to smile a lot. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> yes. whether I'm, yeah, and whether I'm in the mood to smile or not, I Still have to smile, smile a lot. Um, and it's it's really to allow the other person to feel comfortable that I'm not the stereotypical thing that you might see on the news. Yes. They probably already know, they probably already consciously know that because I'm working in the environment with you. Right. Right. So you know I'm not like whatever 
the media and the news has presented a tall black man with a beard to be. Yeah, yeah. Right? So you know that consciously. Mm-hmm. And that, honestly, that's I'm not just talking about white people. That goes for everybody. Oh, absolutely. Even even us, we have a bias against absolutely. against that too. We're affected by that same the same stereotypes that we see as well. First time I saw you walked in, I said, "Well, at least he's smiling." Right. You see what I'm saying? <laughs> so I have to be. I have to smile a lot. Um, I have to make sure that my you don't feel my tallness. If that makes any mm-hmm. sense. Exactly. You know what I mean? Exactly. And so often I'm very conscious when I'm having a conversation with people that I um, try to make myself smaller in the space. So if you're sitting down at your desk, I'm not standing behind you or over you. I'm standing away from you to have a conversation or things like that. Right. That's yeah. Yeah. And that's something that I learned uh, just throughout time. Remember a time is a, a situation. Remember a time my wife had to con- like point it out a few times. Mm-hmm. And the way that she said it was, she was like, you have to remember, you're in your body every day. And so you don't realize uh, how tall and big you are because that's just been you. And I was like, yeah. And she was like, but to other people, you're huge. Mm-hmm. You know, and I'm like, yeah, that's the point. I walk around every day at six foot three and some change, you know? You're not even. And that, yeah. yeah. And I don't I don't realize my tallness until somebody comes around me. I'm like, oh, snap. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? So um, back to what we talk about, performance, image, and exposure. Yep. You've got to be aware of your image. Every day. At all, all, all times. All times. It's funny. I, I was, uh, <laughs> we were video chatting with my parents uh, uh, yesterday. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, my dad has had a beard since he was 19. He's 77. Okay. My dad is 76, seven, somewhere in there. He's mid-70s. Okay. But my dad has had a beard since he was 19, never cut it off, right? And uh, I just started growing my beard in the last year and a half. Okay. Right? So he sees my beard, and he's like, hey, man, they let you have your beard like that at work? So he knows. And he knows. Who's the yeah, man. he knows. Yeah. And I was like, I say, like, ah, they, they don't bother me, Dad. Like, I've I've created enough. I've been there long enough that they know me now. Yeah. You know, uh, but, am but, I still conscious about it? Oh, absolutely. But you gotta have some chips. And absolutely. If you're trying to get hired, you get rid of all of that. <laughs> yeah. The minute I step out of the door, I mean, I've, trust me, I've thought about it. The minute I step out of the door, going back to babyface. Yeah. You know, yeah. I've, been, I've been blessed to have some young looks. Mm-hmm. The only way people really tell my age is I got a lot of gray. <laughs> if you shave all the hair off, Man, they won't be able to figure it I out. I did it um, a couple months ago. I did it. My wife was like, please grow it back because you look way too young. Well, I was like, really? Oh, okay. I was told I look a little rat, a little ratish. <laughs> oh, a rat. with, with a beard? Yeah, when I, when I cut everything off. Yeah. Because I'll go in and cut, but you will look younger. I mean, you look completely younger. Yeah, right. You will look younger. But no, that was a, that was a great one. You pulled up like that. That's a, a lesson I had to learn. Oh, I just ha- I have to. I had to learn how to make other people comfortable with my appearance. That's the point. Yep. Making other people comfortable. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's on, man. That's uh, on. We got time for one more. Yeah, time for a few more. Okay. Uh, bosses. What did you learn about bosses? You know what? Nah, we talk about bosses enough on this show. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> What about, oh, here's a good one. Here's a good one. <clears throat> mm-hmm. What's something that you learned the hard way? Oh, to, to, to take life serious. Because I was partying stupid. Yeah. Oh, man, I just wanted to have fun. Yeah. 
and life came and bit me in my rear end about 30, mm-hmm. and I got some lessons. By the time I was 40, I was good. Mm. But my my personality is is naturally, let's have some fun. Right. Okay, well, guess what? Work wasn't designed for my fun. Mm-hmm. So there were things that I needed to take seriously. Mm-hmm. And a couple of them came back me in the rear end. Yeah. And when I finally got over and said, look, stay focused, take this seriously, get it done, I started moving up in the organization. But it was a... It was a hard lesson because I'd rather party than do anything. Mine was the one that we talk about a lot. I I ended up learning that hard work alone doesn't get you no, anywhere. No. And and again, man, the, the reason this podcast started was because we had frequent conversations about the things that were not taught in schools, <laughs> but that you taught me as as a mentor. And it just helped me see things in a whole different perspective. So going back to the first thing I learned from my parents, right? Um, work ethic. Mm-hmm. Okay. My perception at the time of that was that, man, okay, my parents worked hard every day. Okay. What I didn't really see because I was young at the time, and mm-hmm. you don't learn these things until you have conversations with your parents later in life. Mm-hmm. But what I didn't see was that... All of that hard work, right? Mm-hmm. My parents didn't necessarily run up the chain. They didn't run up the ladder either, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Some of that is based on where they were. Mm-hmm. My mom worked for the government for ages, and we know the government is notoriously mm-hmm. slow at promoting, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That type of thing. And maybe they didn't want it like that. Mm-hmm. But going into the workforce and not really having a full conversation or full understanding and not being taught all the nuances of just careers and what you want to do. And also, my parents came from a different time. But it's like, I just thought, man, if I just bust my butt, yeah, right, and yeah. show you yeah. how, good I, how good I am, how hard I work, I'm going to move on up. I'm going to move up. Yeah. And that just wasn't the case. No. no. And at real talk, it wasn't until I started having conversations with you. Mm-hmm. And getting that perspective, that I was able to look back and see where my thinking was flawed. We all have that. Yeah. That, that that realization, oh my goodness, this was important. And I had been thinking about it. I've been approaching it the wrong way the whole time. Okay. I'm not as big as you. I started working with a big uh, giant afro. <laughs> yeah. Jumpsuit and a bullet. A bullet on a chain. My jumpsuit open. I watched one, oh too, many, one too many Superfly movies. Uh, apparently. Yeah, yeah. Scared them people to death. Apparently. And I was good-natured and party boy and all that kind of carrying on, but his big brother, you know. With a bullet around his neck. With a bullet around his neck. Yeah, come on, bro. So I had a supervisor say, you know, that's scaring people. (laughs) Well, it was a freaking anti-aircraft bullet. The gun that shot it is as big as a whole room. Yeah. But for the people in that room who are not used to having me in that room. But you also had some Black Panther influence. I did, very much so. You know. Very much so. I had... I came up during during those yeah, times, uh-huh. and uh, we had a whole different view of the world. <coughs> um, and that's the difference, I think, now. Yeah. I realize that God's got the world. I don't mm-hmm. need to fix it. Yeah. So, yeah, I got a whole different view. Speaking of that. Okay. Lessons about the importance of having a spiritual connection. Big. Man, I've lost jobs. I've gotten moved. This has happened. I've had to interview. I've had to do this. I would say that God always come through, but never exactly the way I think it should be. Mm-hmm. And it's faith 
to get on your knees or sit there with your promise book, read that promise and claim it. Absolutely. That's I read that promise. It says, okay, I will never leave you or forsake you. Okay, God, you re- you here right now with me? Because this situation I'm in is funky. Yeah, buddy. Are you with me right now? Yeah. I'm like, yeah. Yeah. He didn't just meet you in 2018. <laughs> yeah. For me, man, and it 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 it's interesting because you have been around mm. for probably the biggest shift mm. in my spiritual life that I've ever had. Praise God. Right. And so, you know, four or five years ago, you know, I was I started struggling with a lot of things uh-huh. spiritually. Uh-huh. Right. Um, you know, never never once doubted in a higher power. Or any of that, right? Yeah. So I've always had a connection. It was probably just the application of the religion and all that stuff yeah, that I had yeah. issues with, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, and so f- the I noticed in when I was really going through it, mm-hmm. and I didn't feel like I was connected to anything. Mm-hmm. Life was just different. Oh. oh and yeah. not necessarily in a good way. No. <laughs> no. You know what I mean? Um. And so for me, like my my application of my spirituality doesn't look like your application. Your application doesn't look like the next person's the next person. It's individual. And that's fine because the thing that I want people to take away from this is, but you have to be connected to something. Absolutely. And so, you know, the way that my, my thinking has evolved over time about just spiritual connections and such, mm-hmm. right? Connect to something bigger than Make yourself. Mm-hmm. For for many Christians, it's God, it's Jesus. Mm-hmm. For many uh, for many non Christians, um, it's it could be the universe, mm-hmm. right? Or it's mm-hmm. an idea. It's humanity as a whole is bigger than us. Mm-hmm. So just being a good human while I'm here on this planet, I want to do for people, be empathetic and all of that, right? Mm-hmm. Connecting to something bigger than yourself mm-hmm. is a major, 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 major thing that you should um, definitely work on. I've heard so much about that, even from, I was listening to Susie Orman mm-hmm. talk about money. She went there. Uh, the Rockefellers gave yeah. and gave and gave. Um, and quite honestly, the best description and I believe in Jesus Christ and God. That's that's mm-hmm. that's, that's my belief. Right. But I did hear twelve step tables, your higher power. Mm-hmm. So when you're talking about that, whatever that is, however you conceptualize God, however, yep. however you conceptualize that. Now I believe in listening, reading, and listening. Yeah. Because I want to hear that voice back. Right. For instance, I'm going into a meeting, and I don't know how this meeting is going to go. The first thing I'm praying for is God uh, help my ego to be in check when I go in here. Mm-hmm. Because if my ego's out of whack and I'm selfish in that room, yeah. I'm gonna say and do something stupid. And by the way, your will be done, not mine. I'm, all the all the lessons to do this are in the in, in the in the good book. So I'm like, let me just follow this. And I have this theory, God. We've talked about it. I believe you are where you are because God placed you there for a a reason to touch other people. Mm. He can only touch people through you. Yeah, through other people. Your words of encouragement. Man, you encourage me. There are days, man, blah, blah, blah. And you you have no idea, but you'll say, you know, this is this is the way it is. I'm like, man, I needed to hear that today. Sweet. And that is, to me, why people are supposed to band together for worshiping God and whatever. Uh, the religious thing, you and I have had this talk a lot. Yeah. It's not about being religious. Mm-hmm. It's about spiritual connectivity. It is. 
you know. And I go to church, but I go to church because y'all are there, and I yeah. I get a chance to hang out with with my people. You know. So yeah, that's it. Spiritual connection. Yes, indeed. Last thing to wrap up, man, mm-hmm. real quick. Mm-hmm. One thing that you're thankful for. Mm. Mentors. Yeah. Harvey changed my life. Um, Arthur Andrews is a motivational speaker mm-hmm. that caught me at one of the worst times in my life, and he mm-hmm. was there building me. He has no idea. Um, um, Yvonne Shelton at, at 3BN, telephone, mm-hmm. the, the television studio. Mm-hmm. These folks have impacted in different ways, yeah. but they've impacted my life. I'd say I'm thankful for mentors and family. We're rocking. Yeah, mentors and family, man. Mentors because they share information and help you on your help guide you on your path. Because a lot of times they've been there before. Yep. And family because you need that support system. Absolutely. And you need to be able to share the things that you've learned with your family as well and support them. Absolutely. So that circle. All right, man. You guys have a wonderful Thanksgiving. This has been lessons learned from Eric and Brian. We will see you guys on December 6th. Sounds good. Beyond the cubicle. Have a good one. Eat all that turkey. Yeah. Mm.